Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome to G Radio New York City, where you can find your classic soul and R&B music. You know the music for your soul. Tonight, uh, we have a big, big show for you guys tonight. It's called Thinking Out Loud, and I have three dynamic guests. I have Scotty Harris, I have James McCray, and I have Tarhisi Harrison. And these guys are amazing. They live in, we live in all different parts of the country. And today we're going to talk about, in the next two hours, we're going to talk about a host of issues. And I want to say without further ado, welcome, gentlemen. How are you? Hey, you hey. Hey, how hey, you doing? Good, good. Okay. Let me start off with uh, James McCray. Introduce yourself and tell us what's up. Appreciate the opportunity. Greg, uh, James, living in the DMV, and, uh, you know, I'm excited about the opportunity to discuss this topic that, that should have been on our tongues uh, probably every day till we get this problem solved, if it's ever going to happen. Great, great, great. Okay, now we got we got Scotty. Scotty is out of where? Tell us where you're from, Scotty. I'm a Charlottean, so home of the uh, next Super Bowl champions, the Carolina Panthers. I am a former history history education major from North Carolina Central, and I've been a uh, true uh, lover of post-Reconstruction history and Pan-Africanism probably for the duration of the last 25 years. Oh, awesome, awesome. And Mr. Tahisi Harrison, I think he's out of Atlanta. How are you, T? I'm good. How about yourself? Good to good, good hear you, Greg. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, um, and, and, and I agree with uh, uh, Brother McCray on this one. Um, it, this is a long time coming, and this is a battle that's going to be waged for many years to come. It's, it's not going to be a one-show-fix-all situation. It's more about being consistently aware and having it being brought to the forefront so that people can see and understand and, you know, getting some historical data on it as well to – get people to be more, more engaged in addressing it. Okay, absolutely. Okay, if anybody wants to call in, the number is 347-850-8822. But when you do call in, you will make a statement and give my guests a chance each to respond to your answer. Okay, guys, we got two hours. Let's get right into it. Let's start off with racism and or race relations in America. How since we've had a black president, first of all, let me point out this. Racism in America has always been an issue. But what do you guys think since having a black president in the last seven years, has it gotten worse? Has it gotten better? Let's start with Mac. Greg, I'm, uh, let, let's, let's define racism first, and then we're going to jump into that. Because since we have these two hours, let's use it wisely. Okay. Um, and I got my information from di- dictionary.com. Just Google it. Okay. A, belief, a belief or doctrine <laughs> that inherent differences among the various human races determine cultural or individual achievement, usually involving the idea that one's own race is superior and has the right to rule others. Point two, a policy system of government, etc., based upon a fostering such a doctrine, discrimination. Point three of this, hatred, intolerance of another race, races. World English Dictionary. Belief that races have distinctive cultural characteristics determined by hereditary factors and that the that this endows some races with an intrinsic su- superiority over others. Abuse of aggressive behavior towards members of another race on the basis of such belief. Now, those are the, the, the uh, definitions that I got. I just pulled them offline. 
Okay. Um, now, one of the biggest forms of racism, in my opinion, is called institutionalized racism. And do you have a idea who invented institutionalized racism? Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, guys. You can hop you in had, anytime here. <laughs> the, the America. It was invented in America, and that's one of the biggest things. So I'm going to jump on that answer to your question, and then I'm going to give the floor to the other gentleman that we have, so I won't hog the um, whole whole night. But no, I don't think anything has improved. I think it's actually gotten worse since uh, President Obama's gotten in office, because this president has been ostracized more than any other president that I've ever seen, right, wrong, or indifferent, and. I've seen nooses around his pictures of this man's neck. I've seen pictures of monkeys. I never saw that with George Bush, Bush and I thought he was the biggest monkey out there. But right. this is the type of things that we've experienced, and this is not just a message to him. It's, it's a message to people that look like him. Right. So I'm going to right. refer that question to, to the next. Okay. Let's jump right in. Scott, is it Scotty? Oh, but sure. Yeah. Knock, knock, yeah knock that's, that's fine. I, I certainly agree with, uh, certainly agree with McCray. Uh, in approaching racism, though, I think that we all experience it in different facets of life, and we tend to take some of those things to be the norm. And I, as I mentioned in a dialogue we were having yesterday, you have the overt and the covert. Right. So for those individuals who are fortunate enough where a lot of those scenarios don't really play out as clearly in their lives, they can somewhat you know, kind of go on with the rose-colored glasses. But for others of us who live in areas where it's, you know, glaring right in your face, it becomes an experience that you live with through the course of your life. And at the turn of the century, you remember Du Bois told us, he said, you know, in order to be, as all of us in this discussion are, a black male here in the United States or in America, you would have to have these, the dual consciousness, one consciousness to be able to maintain who you are, your ethnicity and your identity, and then another consciousness to be able to survive in what you're being put through. And I think that we saw that definite, you know, definitely in epic proportions with President Obama because you have someone who's forced in many cases to make decisions that really aren't the best decisions, but because of, you know, you're really still limited in power, but you're a full representation of who white America thinks black, you know, the average black person is. So I, right. I take my hat off to him for the job that he does, but I do think that we as a community and as a group have to press him more to bring the dialogue about racism and, as James was mentioning earlier, institutionalized racism to the forefront. Okay. And, T, you're, you're up. Um, I, I don't think anything has gotten better. I think in, in, in uh, the words of Brother McCray, it's gotten worse. And um, I think that the, there's a big taboo around the discussion of racism. It makes people uncomfortable. Um, I think that the problem is that, um, you know, in, in general, white people see racism as a conscious hate, when um, racism is bigger than that. Um, I've always said that racism is a complex system of social and political levers and pulleys set up, to, set up generations ago, and they continue working on, on the behalf of white people now at, at other people's expense. Right. Whether whites know it or not or like it, racism is, an insidu is, is, is insidious. It's a cultural disease. Right. And in my opinion, it's so insidious that it doesn't care if you're white, if you're a white person who likes blacks, it's still going to find a way to infect how you deal with people who don't look like you. Right. Racism looks like hate, but hate is just one manifestation. Privilege is another. Access is another. Ignorance is another. Apathy right. is another, and so on. 
So while I agree with people who say no one is born racist, it remains a powerful system that we're most immediately, uh, most of us are immediately born into. It's like being born into air. You take it in as soon as you breathe. Yeah, right. That's right. Now, what? Where? Okay, racism. Is there, like, Obama, President Obama? I've seen be the most disrespected president of my time. Okay. Now we all know that being black has a lot to do with it. But think, when do he push? When is it we have to push back? And I mean, push back not in a sense of violence, but push back. And I haven't seen Obama do that at all politically. I've seen we all have to be to come together as a community and push back. Wouldn't you say? I totally agree. This is uh, James speaking. I totally agree, and I'm, I'm sorry if I jumped ahead of anybody, but I totally agree with you, Greg. Uh, there comes a time when you got to say stop the madness, and it's time. That time to me is now. Uh, I think we've, we've marched. We've uh, man, how many pair of shoes are we gonna wear out marching? Right, right. So how many cheeks? I, I got four cheeks, and I've been smacked on all four, and right. I'm I'm tired of being smacked. I'm just 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 saying my point. We, we had the world's attention during the civil rights era, and we let that slip by. Um, we did the march, and we did the nonviolent thing, and I'm not advocating violence. Please do not think that. But we've got to have a stronger approach to how we're being dealt with and treated. Um, again, I'm going to use another reference source, reference.com again. The ideation of racism was invented by the U.S. Um, it was to magnify the differences between Europeans and African-Americans that were brought here to be in servitude, slavery. Um, and that was the main ideation behind racism. We're going to have this difference. We're going to have this, this problem, and we're going to solve the problem by white superiority. I'm going to kill you and your culture. Eventually it's going to happen anyway. But I'm going to kill everything that you brought positive. I'm going to twist that and turn it into a negative event so that it's going to be okay for me when I have this facade in front of the world that I believe in human rights. I believe in the average person can succeed anywhere. That was the biggest facade that we or they presented back in the days. How can you say that when you condone an act such as slavery? And we had the most brutal form of slavery, shadow slavery. So how can you, you know, face the worst rest of the world when this is one of your practices that you invented, slavery? putting my people in bondage. So you had to come up with a system to okay that. Other than religion, racism has been that that avenue for America to say that this is okay. Okay, next person. Go ahead. Now you guys just jump right in, guys. <laughs> well, it's, you know, and we are, I think we're all on one accord with that, but we come up with different, you know, symposiums, think tanks, forums. You have anybody from, you know, Brother Dyson, Cornell West, but the actual work, you know, that's that's the part that I always see where there's a disconnect in our community. We actually, it's great when we take up a cause, it's great when we talk about the cause, but it's almost like the story of Chicken Little. When it's time to actually do the work, that's when you'll see the crowd disperse. That's when you'll see the conversation stop. That's when you'll see the support, whether it's, you know, Trayvon Martin or anyone else, it kind of fades away, and we allow those instances, as opposed to being things that we can use to propel ourselves, we use those martyrs as individuals for the cause momentarily. And I think that we have to be more 
of really, like we're saying about pushing back, more of a group. Look at Israel. Right. <laughs> you know, a country yeah, right? that small, that right. small that in 1948 has leveraged relationships with other, Euro, you know, other European countries in America to force <laughs> other people out of their land, to force other people into hunger and to force other people into death. And we don't do that. We, by nature and by culture, uh, as individuals, African-Americans or whether we're European-Americans, excuse me, African-Europeans, we have never had that desire, that imperialistic desire. A lot of times when you read material by Dr. Henry Clark, he points that out over and over and over, that there is that consistent message, that redundancy, of ultimately the Eurocentric mind to control and manipulate and pretty much extort people of color throughout the world. We have to reach a point where we come to a consensus that, am I my brother's keeper? Right. Literally. 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 (laughs) And this is Tashi speaking. This is um, what I've seen, and and yes, enough is enough, but, you know, I I think I'm going to piggyback on something that was just said. Um, from what I've seen, there's a major disconnect within the black community when it comes down to um, being proactive and, you know, standing up for the rights of others. Yes. Um, I right. mean, really? if you look at, if you, it, it, and, 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 and it goes, there's a lot of history involved in that because there's a lot that we were subjected to during slavery to strip us of any semblance of brotherhood, love, um, you know, adoration, courage, things of that, things of those nature. I mean, we we were stripped of a lot of things that would make us, in this day and age, see that this is not right. We need to stand up and stand together. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, I I I I I see a major disconnect, and that disconnect keeps us from being able to address these issues. If you look at the Latino culture, you look at most whites. Right. Or any other race, for that matter. Asian, Asian cultures, for sure. Asian, oh, oh, they, they, they yes. I mean, the, the power, the, their power is in numbers, and that's what we, we as a people, have failed to realize. You know, right. even as black people, even our, our purchasing power, our money power, the, the, right. our financial power, is yes. so great in this country, but we fail to realize the strength that we have because of that disconnect. It's almost right. like a, 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 um, a diffusion of responsibility. Everybody's waiting for the next person to step up to the plate. Everybody's waiting for Obama to be the Messiah, and and, and that's right. not going to happen. We have to we Mike, have to collectively come together on this. You know, it's it's funny you say that, T. And I also, I, I have a problem. I live in the great city of New York City. All right, and I honestly, I've been around the world seven times, and this is probably one of the greatest cities I've ever lived in. But when it comes to everybody says this is a melting pot of all cultures. It's really not because blacks stay in Harlem, the Hispanics stay in the Bronx. Everybody do not leave their community. But I get people, and don't get me wrong, I am not a fan, and I'll be the first to say, I am not a fan of uh, the Reverend Al Sharpton because I've seen him in action, and as you guys have said, he'll bring you – I'm done with marching. Marching does not work. Because there's no follow-through on marching. When I see Al Sharpton get up and say, okay, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Garner got st- strangled by the police and he went before, 
What now? All he's interested in is a lawsuit. Yeah. Okay. You know, that's where we have to, as you guys say, collectively be my brother's keeper. You understand what Absolutely. I'm saying? Hey, because Greg, let me, let me jump in for a second because this okay, is Al Sharpton thing. You pulled my, my tail on that. I know it's a little off topic. But how are we going to put so much faith into a man that, that in essence, was a double agent? He worked for the CIA, and then right, he also right. was with one of the great leaders. Who, who, well, see, and, I, well, see that's, what, that's what my whole problem is. We, we shouldn't – there's no other culture but ours. We look for a leader. We don't need – you see what I'm saying? I don't understand that. We don't need a leader. We need to collectively like, – like what was, what was that when we were growing up? Well, I'm a little bit older than you guys. When we were growing up, the community, the, the community looked out for one another. We need to get yeah. back to that. Exactly. We need to get back to that. And, and I, you know, it, it bothers me that, one, our young – We've lost several generations, gentlemen. As but you there is no know. sense of community. There right. is no longer a sense of community. We have become divided by exactly. money. Uh, our socioeconomic structure. Our socioeconomic structure is just in shambles. We. Right. You spend two hundred and fifty dollars for a pair of shoes for a man that really has no love or concern for the culture that he comes from, where he's evolved from. Right. And he, we he have allowed. Your demise. He invests right. in your demise. If people look and do the homework on this gentleman you're speaking about, one of his biggest um, investments is what? Privatized prisons. And guess who goes right. there after we shoot over those, those uh, $250 shoes? Guess who goes to those prisons? The, the Free same people that buy slave labor. <laughs> yep. yep, the same people that buy them. And see, you're not going to get me started on that individual because I've preached against $200 pairs of shoes, $180 pairs of shoes. Right. Tell so well, I'm going to sit there. I'm going to sit there. I have no qualms, no qualms about telling you who we're talking about. The infamous Michael Jordan. Okay. Absolutely. I know. You know, I've never been a Michael Jordan fan, and I'm not hating before anybody calls me. I am not hating on any individual. I, we're simply talking about the demise of our community. And one, I, as as far as the economic part of it, yes, I understand that. But we, as parents, also we need to get back to teaching our kids, teaching our young the difference between less wealth and rich. Okay, we need, that's a whole other subject that we'll get into later. But we are so apt to go out and, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for, uh, have this godlike symbol like Michael Jordan or some of these other idiots out here who's really not, they'll start, once they get rich, they will start, Disconnect. Yeah, the, the disconnect is already there. But once they get rich, they will start a non-profit, non-profit organization and then think they're doing something for the community, which, in fact, they're not. I don't get that. Exactly. You well, know? our sense of community can't rely upon the wealthy. Our sense of community comes from what we actually do for one another. When someone is working to teach another child, even if that child is not your own, if you're working yes. to help someone maintain a home, again, even if that home is not your own. I grew up in an environment where there were segregated schools. It wasn't by color, so to speak, but it was based upon disproportionate economics. So you had a city school and a county school. The county school, used based upon the tax base, you saw the wealth, you saw the, 
you know, the lavish accommodations for the kids and then in the city schools, which were the majority of the minorities, it was poverty. And But what we did have in those impoverished facilities were you were able to see a black man when you walked through the door that was the principal. You were able to see a black man sitting at the table that was the superintendent. You were able to see someone that knew your mother or saw you in church or saw you in the grocery store that was your teacher. And they had a vested interest in you as an individual because they saw themselves in you, they saw their child in you, they saw their parents in you. You cannot grasp the concept of how powerful that is for us, and that's been taken away from us. Yes. So, right, my my question is, what is it that – I've seen more shows. I've even directed more shows here in New York City, and I've been in more shows, you know, place after place, that we always know what – we always talk about the problem. This show, we're going to come up with – or the next show, because we'll do this more than once, we're going to come up with some solutions, solutions to the problem. And And, you know, and the hard fact is, People don't want to hear the truth, and I'm one for all about the truth, whether you want to hear it or not. People love ignorance. I mean, they love to be in the dark because it, when you hear the truth, it shakes up an opinion. All along, I'm going to, this is James speaking, I'm in uh, seventh grade um, sociology class, geography class. I come from the dark continent. I was a savage Man, I got tired of hearing that stuff. So when I get to college, I get in, in, in front of a well-known professor at NCCU, my alma mater, and I learn. He, they, they woke my spirit up to who I truly was and where I came from because all along, all through school, I'm being told I'm a savage. I was civilized because they lied to me. I was a civilizer. I brought civilization to you. You didn't bring it to me. You stole me for economic gain. So once we spark that and we wake that up, and, and, and uh, like the brother was saying, we got to pass this long. It's, it's got to be a communal effort. I've got to teach your kid not be afraid like people are now to say, hey, stop, you're doing wrong. Back in the days when I was growing up, if I skipped school, my mom knew about it before she got home, and I knew what was going to happen. If the neighbor didn't get me, she, it, which she, she usually did, I got That's got right. by the neighbor and also got got by mom and dad. When you got so, home. Absolutely, right. Hey, hey. That's how it was. But we've got to get back to that. We've got to let these clowns stop picking our leaders. These guys that are supposed to be our leaders are handpicked by what? The institution. And until we infiltrate the institution and have somebody in there with our best interest, we're always going to be behind the eight ball, so to speak, no pun intended. But we're always (laughs) going to be in that situation where we're going to be getting cracked over the head with that white ball coming at us and not knowing which pocket we're going to go into. So until we actually groom some people to do something for us other than collect the check and be in front of the TV and do all this other stuff. You, I mean, come on. You, we got, I lived in Durham for 20 years. There's a church every five blocks. They're closed except on Sundays and Wednesdays, Monday day. You got all these kids out here killing each other. Open those churches up. Some of them are mega churches. So you got gyms right. inside of those churches. Let's do some programming. That's been our main problem. We talk a good game. We'll come together. Okay, we can't always agree, but we never come up with a plan. That's why we have no solutions. We have no agenda. First of all, we talk about this, that, and the other. We have no plan to solve what's going on, and nobody wants to hear each other out. 
We all, right. everybody wants to wear the pants and lead the group, but nobody wants to come sit at the table, bring the ladies. We got to have them. Right. Hey, let's let's come up with a solution. Come come up with a plan. Come up with an agenda, and then let's figure out how we're gonna get this thing back. It's not meant to be like the way it is. Okay. Uh, Scotty, T. Yeah, I definitely, well, I definitely agree with that. But I, I'm a proponent, and this will probably be a hugely rejected uh, theory. But if you look at how we performed during segregation, we right. performed so much better academically, economically, and the way that we treated one another. When we policed our own neighborhoods, when we mm-hmm. serviced, we provided our own goods and services, we were able to thrive. And you right. see the examples, you know, in stories like Rosewood of the jealousy of what happens when Absolutely. individuals reinvest in themselves. I remember, as uh, McCray mentioned, Dr. Vincent Burden out of the geography department at NCCU told us back in 1989, he told us, he said, within 12 years, expect to see a phenomenal increase of where you will begin to see the Latino, you know, Hispanic, and Chicano population grow beyond measure. But what I did see along with their growth was that they do take care of the individuals that are in their community. They build their own stores. They service their own businesses. They, here in Charlotte, they have their own credit unions, things that we've gotten away from. We, well, we are definitely consumers, but we will not work on reinvesting in our own community. And, 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 and that, brings, that, that kind of brings it full circle to what I spoke about a little while ago about our, our purchasing power, our buying power, financial power. Oh, of course. Right. I mean, yep. there's, there's, there's just so much willful ignorance amongst us. I mean, yep. we, we, we could easily forgive a child who's afraid of the dark. The real tragedy of life is when men are afraid of the light. And we you can condemn well a child who's afraid of the dark, but yet we have men who are afraid of the light. It comes from Africa. Right. That is well said. That is well said. You know, it, 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 what I'm going to say is, is a little bit of what, is right off of what you said. What hurt the black community was desegregation. Yes. Desegregation hurt. And it's unfortunate because, you know, we can't be seg- we can't desegregate ourselves and still be a community like every other community in the world. You look at the Jewish community, a dollar circulates five and a half times within the community before it leaves. And one, and one community that's, a, a, that's right at the community with the Jews are the uh, Indians. The Indians, they take care of, and I'm not talking Native Indians, I'm talking uh, Pakistan, uh, that the Middle Eastern in Indians, those those type of people, I see that in New York all the time. We we have a big Queens has a big uh, Indian, Muslim, and Jewish community, and they all they all help each other out. And that's what I don't understand. We have so much. I want to say as a black as black people, so much self hatred. Is that a, yeah. is, is that right? That Absolutely. we we can't look further than our nose before we cast expersions literally. on our neighbor. Yeah, literally. Right. Um, on, our, on our neighbor. I don't know what happened. I don't, I don't and, and, it, and it bugs me to say that, you know, I'm not going to blame it on the white man. Or, yes, he had something to do with it, but 
Why can't we get back to, you know, why do we have to worry about walking down the street and another, being killed by another black man? I never understood that. I never understood that. I don't understand why something happens in a community. So uh, Let's go back to uh, the riots in L.A. Now, when the verdict came down or when, uh, when uh, what was that guy? He's dead now. Rodney, guy, Rodney King. Rodney yeah. King. Rodney King, when he got beat to hell, but my question to you guys, maybe, I mean, I've been around a minute, and I don't understand why do we go and destroy our own community. Our own community. Right. Help Makes me no with sense. that. That doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't. Now. But you do know why we do it, Greg. Yeah, right. that's yeah. clear. Do it because if you, we, if, in the simple fact of being able to lash out, at those times, the riots initiated by starting where individuals were attacking the businesses that weren't people within the community. Right. Unfortunately, right. That as, as individuals would attack those businesses, again, opportunists would break into the black-owned businesses or tear up the black-owned businesses while the melee, while the melee was happening. So I, right. I always like to make sure that we're clear about that. Because right. that, when, you, when you mentioned L.A., that is how L.A. games actually got started, started so that yeah, they could right. protect us right. in those situations from, even though we hate to say it, but from one another. Right. Well, That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Also a protocol, a protocol that they follow, especially in L.A., and it's a protocol that's practiced throughout the United States. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not something that anyone would actually come out and say to you from law enforcement or anybody else. But the protocol is this, contain. And, and when the riots break out, the police officer's job is not to come in and stop the riots. Their, their job is to contain. Contain it to the neighborhoods, the poor black neighborhoods. Do not let it roll out to the there outskirts of, of the rich white go. neighborhoods. That's it's crazy. the same thing That's with uh, Katrina and how right. that happened. They right. rescued everyone on, 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 in, in, the, in the outskirts of, of, like, the Fifth Ward or wherever it was, right. Right. and they contained and, and, and kept other people in place until okay. they can get, get, get the National Guard out there. That's right. what happened w- with regards to that situation on the, um, the bridge down there where the police officers opened fire, right. opened fire on people trying to get across that bridge because right. had they gotten across that bridge, they would have, you know, basically and essentially been in the more well-to-do neighborhoods. Right, right. Guys, one second. You're listening to G-Radio New York City, where you can find your classic soul and R&B music, the music for your soul. Tonight's show is called Thinking Out Loud. I have three brilliant guests. I have Scotty Harris, James McRae, and Tahisi Harrison, and we're talking about race relations and racism that still exist in America, and we're looking for solutions. We're trying to start a dialogue with everybody, not just America, everybody, because my, this, this station is listened to 28,000 people in 11 countries. So if any of you guys are out, out of the country, um, want to call in, the number is 347-850-8822. Gentlemen, I look at, I'm here, I've seen, I've sat next to, I've talked to people like Charlie Rangel, Jesse Jackson, all these so-called uh, black leaders and, and, and I don't get it where I sit there and I tell these people, my, my fellow people, I'm like, guys, why can't you see it for what it is? These guys are self-serving. 
Notice, you guys, if you notice, in the last few couple years, have you heard anything from Jesse Jackson? No, right. just getting burned up well, with a lawsuit, wasn't he, over that uh, illegitimate child? No, Jesse is getting $25,000 a month from GE, and I know that for a fact. He's getting $25,000 a month. Now, tell me, Jesse used to be out in forefront of everything. He's nowhere to be found now because they, they want him to well, shut up. Shows, he's a puppet, he, just like the rest of them. They're puppets. You do what I tell you to do when, when I tell you to do it. If I need that well, black face, I'm going to send you. Well, we, right. we, we know that there's a culture of ignorance in the United States, and, and, and it's always been that way. There's a strain on, of what we call anti-intellectualism, and it's like a constant thread that's winding constantly through our political and cultural life. I mean, it's, it's almost like people are saying at this point, through, through this culture of ignorance, that my ignorance is just as good as your knowledge. Right. So, you know, um, That's That's awesome. I don't Great. accept and I don't endorse certain leaders because I understand what their agenda and what their motive is. So right. when names like Jesse Jackson and I, I, I'm kind of on the fence with Al Sharpton, but I do understand what you were saying, Greg, with the fact that, you know, we fall short on certain things with regards right. to the follow-through. Right. You know, we're outraged for about a, a, a week or two. A month. Right. 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 And see, but, and, that's what, and that's what I am I'm bugged about because we, I look at, you know, when was um, uh, Trevon Martin? That lasted for that was what? Last year. That's a year, a little over yeah. a year. That lasted for what? A minute. A minute. Because right. we're so and passive. It, it, it's not, we're not even passive-aggressive. We're just passive. Or, or, or are we afraid? Which one is it? Both. By nature, I'm going to say that we've been taught to be passive, and you look at, and I, yeah. and, I'll, and I'm going to, I'll beat this drum to death, and some may get mad at it, but if you have someone that is a calls themselves in the language value, he's calling so-called Jews, which were the individuals that were Europeans or Americans that, oh, well, I'll be Jewish, so-called Jews, not the native Jews, right. but the so-called Jews. Yeah, they will take the up. Holocaust. And you could walk across the street and bump into someone's toe. Oh, well, let me tell you about the Holocaust. But please don't reference slavery. Please right. don't reference, you know, it, like we mentioned, institutionalized prisons. Please don't reference anything else that is pertinent to why your situation is the way that it is. But my situation is the way that it is because of the Holocaust. And Absolutely. we are never allowed to forget that. But if you mention a black Holocaust that has consistently gone on and is still going on, it has Correct. to be a hushed subject. You're and right. You where, do have Jesse Jackson out there, but, of course, after so many times, they work to discredit somebody like that. And at right. some point, I'm sure that they all burn out. You have right. the, you know, we come up with a different leader. Like you said, we point out and find a new leader every, you know, every couple of years. Is it going to be Barack Obama? Is it going to be Jesse right. Jackson, Jr.? Who right. will it be? Why, can't right. it be that, why can't it be that science teacher over at the high school? Absolutely. Why can't it be that track coach <laughs> over there? Right, right, absolutely. And that's what we grew up on, you know. That's what I grew up on, as, as, as Scotty would say, too. That's what we all grew up on. And it's not enough of us to – it is enough of us, but we have to tell – like, every kid that I see, they either play basketball, want to be in the NBA, or they want to be a rapper. What happened to science? What happened to engineers? 
what happened to teachers. It seems like everyone... It wasn't, you weren't cooning, Greg. You weren't you, cooning. If you, you weren't, if the cooning was cool, so, Yeah, if you weren't cooning, it didn't, you know, as long as you were cooning, it was fine. As right. long as you were sliding across the stage, as long as you were entertaining, it was fine. But when you became an individual that expressed that you were capable of thinking, you became a threat. And we right. have to eliminate threats like that. As long as you, you know, as you have, yeah, you got a Michael Jordan. So if Michael Jordan makes $250 million a year, you better believe that the owner of the team, for that slave to be any good or that piece of chattel to be any good, he has to make ten times more than that. You right. know, That's and so I don't, I don't buy into that. I don't, I've never bought into it. I've bought into heroes like Dr. J, somebody who right. I know right. goes back into right. the community. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Right. But I don't understand that, you know, it seems like we're slipping. Each day, each moment, each minute, each second, it's like we're losing. We're losing. And, but that all and, starts again with that institutionalized racism, Greg, because until we control, until we learn how to maneuver that system better than we are, we're still going to allow our kids to go to school and be taught this garbage about us being savages. No, nobody ever mentions that you were, this, you know, your great-grandfather, great-grandfather was the son of a king. Nobody ever mentions the, 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 the wealth that's in Africa. They always minimize Africa. It's almost like it's the size of Rhode Island, but you can sit seven <laughs> continents in the continent of uh, Africa. It's wealth. It's it fuse off wealth. It doesn't take. I mean, they, in Africa, a that. country. <laughs> they're ravaging it. Isn't it a continent? <laughs> yeah, they don't even know. Right, 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 right. You know, I am. I. It's just. I look at. I look every day. I walk down the street, and I look around. And I take, I, I look around, and I hear, I hear my my black little kids and my black men and my black sisters, and it, it slays me. I, I don't want to get off subject. We can get back, but I'm gonna come back to it. The N word, the N word. Oh. Oh, don't go the there. <laughs> <laughs> the N word, the N word. Oh, wow. Unacceptable. Yeah. Unacceptable. Go ahead. Oh, we gonna flip somebody it. say Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> yeah, right. Thank you. <laughs> somebody Thank say you. Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> yeah. I mean, did somebody, you know, it's cool. And you were waiting for days for Eminem because, according to black people, Eminem was the messiah of hip hop. So you were I waiting for him that. to, you know, to spur it out. Oh right. my God. Or maybe Macklemore, the you know, the best hip hop artist of the year, will have the privilege What's of using email? the N word again. this out now. She's supposed to be the best thing since sliced bread. Who was that? Not, not Nicki Minaj. Iggy. The other, yeah, Iggy. Some Iggy mess, yeah. Um, man. The, the one I, just got when we talk about the N-word, I think that that alone, we, show. You, it depends. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that straight back to demographic culture and exposure because yeah. depending on what your level of exposure is, I associate right. that with how you use that word. I had okay. never heard it used so much until I heard the NWA album in 1988. I didn't even know that a right. label could <laughs> use the word that much. And well, we, that, you know, we weren't allowed <laughs> to use that word at all growing up. Growing up. And like you say, the NWA, the NWA was it uh, the, your boys? NWA. NWA, NWA. Yeah. I can't even Just 
and 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 they played it on the radio. That's what got me. And I'm and and what what kills me is that where did what happened, guys? Where that was where the money. Was the breakdown. The where money. The Ice Cube, O'Shea Jackson, the guy you know and love, the Glee team, the, you know the Glee team. You know, the, the oh. guy with all the good grades, oh, the one that, you know, that when they said, Negro, come in here, put on this coon suit, now you're a gangster, run out here and tell them how you're shooting up the streets and you're a cop killer. Yep. You right. take that and get a check, even though that's not your demeanor, that's not right. who you are, that's not how you were raised, that's not what you came from, but it provided you the segue to get into entertainment, and once you got there and you were able to keep cooning, it, it you know, hey, the chicks but keep coming. What did Tali Tali Macy say? The bigger the, the bigger the uh, <laughs> a market for niggas. If you ever get a chance to right. you know see him right. perform, a market right. for niggas. <laughs> right. And the funny and the and the sad the sad not the funny part but the sad part of it is, do they see that? I don't think they see it. I don't think they see it. Because because they've been desensitized to it. I I, I get so many people that defend that word in so many ways and I've posted some stuff on my Facebook because when it comes across I I, I have a tantrum over here yes, but I, I, people people have been desensitized to it so much that yep. it's become an acceptable form of communication right. I had something come across my news feed about a year ago a good friend of mine said um, well we use it as a term of endearment huh. and I said okay huh. okay <laughs> so if that's acceptable when you go back to work Right. Or your boss, the N-word. When you, when, right. when, when you go to your grandmother's house or your grandfather's house and you knock on the door and your grandmother opens the door, I want you to say, where's my N-word grandfather at? <laughs> right. And if it's not, and if it's well, not you know, they pull, they pull that out. But, if it's not acceptable for you to say it to those people, why would you say it to me? Right. The reason I, that they do say it, though, was because in a lot of the inner city areas and in a lot of the – you know, as we know, in in those markets or places, that that was that became the common vernacular. And when these young men and these young women wanted to express themselves, they didn't have the vocabulary to say. Even though we would love for them to have learned it, you know. And I I I I I, I fought with that word for so long until I actually, uh, if you ever read, you know, between God and Gangster Rap, you know, by Brother Dyson. And what you're talking about is. I don't, McCray, I know you've worked with, you know, with teenage youth. They mm-hmm. are angry. They don't have a way or a method of expressing or saying what they want to say. It's almost like someone stuttering. So every right. other word out of their mouth is in this, be that, in this, be that. Yeah. And if you can, even though you're offended by the word, if you can begin to try to hear their message and then you have to work with them, because I believe on cultivating vocabulary. I will right. use words that I want you too to be able to use one day. You know, I, I, I want I agree you to be that. able to hear that. I agree with that within limit. I agree with that to the point that these same teenagers, the same youth that use these type of words, they're not using them every place. They they they, they tend to switch between um, or adapt like to the it. environment. So if you take that right. same child and you take him out of his environment and you put him in a different type of social situation. Yeah, Those type of words are, 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 are really used. It's, it's just it's, it's adapted to the environment. We think about it. We think about it in our community that they may not use it, but I've watched them use it when referring to police. You know, these N words came over here and you know him the brother up. You know, they say flip the, you know, or they go in there. You know, the, the being in the classroom told the other end. You know, and as you're listening to them, 
they can't discern the environment where they should be able to use it. When you turn on a television show and they're using it and they're talking about a party, you turn on a television show and they're talking about their family. We All of us have seen Friday. All of right. us. There's not one right. person on this call that hasn't seen the movie right. Friday. It's probably gotten a thousand the ones. Right. 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 And they've right. used the N-word through all of it, through all of the movies, but they, they used it with parents, they used it with children, they used it, in, you know, in church, wherever you want to call it. We've, right. uh, we've adapted to it where we've messed up with it, and I really think where we've messed up with it is that some, you know, you used to keep your business in the house. The fact right. that right. Right. white America feels like, well, they're okay with it. Hey. Yeah, cause they're they're just... okay with it, so you can say it. You can get by with saying it. You know, you have comedians that sometimes even – almost crossed that line like Michael right. Rappaport, you know, right. to show right. you that, hey, if it, if it really is so cool to say the N-word, why, why can't I say why it, can I use it? Right. Why yeah. can't I say it? Right, right, right. <laughs> That's crazy. But you know what? We're, we're, you know, we, I guess, as a community, we we have so many issues that it's, it's, it's heartbreaking that we have so many issues within our community that we need to not solve, just reconcile with the, within ourselves to become a community again. Would you agree? Absolutely. A lot of healing. Yeah, we've got to take our community back, man, because, one, we're not regulating what our kids are being taught or seen or showed every day. I mean, look, look at your average uh, uh, flick nowadays. I mean, or or even just on television in general. They always go to the most ignorant person in the neighborhood when they do the interviews. Right, uh, absolutely. Wanda absolutely. From Everybody knows that. <laughs> you know, and that's, Let's get this on, guy right here. It's sad, but it's true. It's sad. That guy. That guy. Right. That guy. That, that guy. guy. That guy. And, but, it's t- and we stop, you know, letting that happen. We got to control it. music. I mean, it goes down. It's so far fetched. It's from music, media. I mean, they, they keep bombarding us take with it all to the this. Church. Take, it to, this. take it to where the institution that has controlled our community for the last hundred years, the church, because you can see the cooning there. You can see the exploitation there. You can see, and I'm going to use the word, you can see the pimping there. Because yeah, you, you can't go broke pimping or preaching. Don't be afraid if you fail at one, you can fall back on the other. Yep. Right. But, but my thing is, they know people, us black people know you get pimped in church. You're, you're, you know, I, but why do, they, why do we still allow it? Faith. We have faith. We're spiritual people. We've always been a spiritual people. So we look to faith to carry us through, whether it be through Islam, whether it be through Christianity, whether it be through Judaism. We rely upon faith to continue to do or to continue to survive because but we're not living the, the life we want to live now. But you know what? religion, and that's and, 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 you know earlier with your statement. We hate finding that light. I would rather stay in the darkness and stump my toe and hit my head than open my eyes and see what's actually going around. That's why I don't even argue with people anymore. I let I'll say my whatever, and you notice I don't go back and forth too much on my pages anymore. Right, right. Say whatever you're gonna say. Cool. I can't change your mind because you want to be in that state of right. Right. And to right. black people, we as a people decide to come out as a majority and say, no, we're better than this. That's what we are. We're content. 
We're content right. with giving Creflo Dollar more dollars. Him right. driving a Bentley while my lights getting ready to come off, and he had talking about you got three lines: gold, silver, and platinum. We <laughs> give all you. Now God gave me common sense that if I give you my last hundred dollars and my lights be cut off, I'm going home in the dark. So who's the bigger dummy, me or you? <laughs> but you know what? It, 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 it amazes me, guys, that that the churches, these mega churches, these Creflo dollars, even. Um, you know, I know you guys remember Reverend the Reverend J. Eichencoder, um, uh, Reverend Eichen. Daddy Grace, Father Daddy Divine. Grace, yes. This is family right here, so you can talk plain. Oh, <laughs> you can talk plain. <laughs> hey, I don't hold, you know, this, <laughs> right. is, this is family. We sort in right. family business. We right. can talk plain. That's exactly right. Now, you're telling your age right now. You said sweet daddy grace and father divine. <laughs> That's right. You had a candy bar. You had to right. give father, you had to give father, daddy, uh, father grace or half of the candy bar. Absolutely. Richard Price say? Richard Price say, oh, man, I can't even go back to car wash. I'm going to have to watch the movie tomorrow. <laughs> Daddy Grace, but but you know, but it, when I see that now now now, Scotty, I understand faith, but if if you're really about faith, you're really about faith. Whatever religion you are, you go to your sanctuary sanctuary for fellowship. That's all. Your faith is within yourself and what your religion or what your God is. You see, Absolutely. So are, are, are but they that's, being... from, that's because you're learning, Greg. Right. I can tell you for a fact, <laughs> my, my grandparents were sharecroppers of tobacco. My family is only one generation out of sharecropping tobacco in North Carolina. And wow. my grandmother made it to the third grade, and my grandfather made it to the sixth grade. Whomever stood in the pulpit and said whatever they said, they took that as the gospel because yep. they had nothing to compare it to. They right. didn't have the education to be able to get out and read to understand, to gain an understanding like you have, that faith exists right. within yourself or that God exists within yourself. It right. was the conventional thought that you had to be at church on Sunday to receive the blessing or you better do your Malachi 316 and bring your tithes to the storehouse or all hell would be bestowed upon you. So right. as a result of thinking like that, we became a people where in order to get the heaven that's promised to us, we were willing right. to go through the daily hell and be subservient in church. But, Scotty, let me ask you this, though, guys. Okay, that, okay we, we've learned that. We've learned that growing up. I've learned that. That's how my grandfather, your grandfather, and so on and so on. But at what point are, we, are all those people in those mega churches, in the Frederick Price and all those people that are out there now, are they that ignorant, or are they that? Greg, people, people thrive off hope. That's how the election yes. was won, off of yes. hope oh, and hope pain. And that's how the election was won. Like it or not, that's how we won the election. We're going to change, bam, that's all you saw, hope and change. So when you go to church every Sunday, especially being from down south, that Bible right. Belt, your right. hope is every Sunday that God is going to forgive you for your sins, especially when you're yep. already drunk from Saturday night. That still goes on. <laughs> so God's going to forgive me for whatever I did up until this point, and I'm good. All I got to do is pay my tithes. If I get my last, but, I'm going to get my heaven but, here on earth. But what you're saying, though, Mac, what you guys are saying then, and I'm just playing, I'm just, I'm just, I'm going playing both sides here. What you're saying is, is that people 
are still, you want to say hope, but it's really not hope. It's just it's straight, it's just slavery. straight ignorance. It's straight uh, ignorance. It's, it's called, it's called conditioning. Pavlov. Remember the dog? Remember the study Pavlov and the dog? Yeah. Yeah. Every time yeah. that bell rang, the dog slobbered because what? They presented them food. Now imagine a people like us for four, five hundred, six hundred years, that bowl was slid in front of us on Sunday. That bell rang. Amen, hallelujah. That's your bell. Then you slide what? that bowl in front of me. I'm eating. I'm good. How, how long do you think it's going to take to re get, recondition that mind, to get away from that mindset? I, I, that, I, I totally understand that, Mac. I understand that, but guys, hop in on this. But let me ask you this. You got people, Creflo, Creflo whatever his name is, Dollar. <laughs> Dollar. This guy, Dollar. this guy has like 30, 40,000 people. This guy drives around in a jet in a Rolls Royce, and these people that are giving him money don't they? It's a business, Greg. It's not. It's it's turned into for them, for those four yep. three C's. They are now a business. If you remember when George Bush uh, was still in office, and individuals yep. were threatening him, you basically they sold their souls. I don't, I, yep. I know. I, again, I'll probably just play the villain this time, but I don't mind playing the villain. I've done it all my life. <laughs> They refuse to speak the truth or refuse to confront these individuals because they don't want to lose their business and they don't want to be discredited. Right. You and have they got people monetary, like that that were they in got monetary, you, uh, monetary you for that. Of, right. And if you let me, think well, let me about... Let me say this part here. We go back to that again as, as it being willful ignorance. What we have to begin to do is something that was just hit on is that we have to begin to challenge and question. We don't question anything. We take oh, things for right. what it's worth. You're taught in, you, you, you grow up in, in grade school, you don't ask why 1 plus 1 equals 2. So exactly. then you go on to, 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 to the second grade, and they teach you that Africa is this little dot on the map when it's, half, when, when it's bigger than Europe. We don't question yeah. anything that's, that, 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 that's fed to us, and as a result, it's easier to, to cultivate and mold a mind in a position that you wanted to be in when that mind is not in condition to question why I'm being taught what I'm being taught. Right. So it's easy for guys like Creflo Dollar and uh, all the other mega churches to, right. co- to consistently pound the black community for money because there's, there's this, 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 this ring of salvation or this, this, this aura of salvation that you're supposed to have. You give me all your money in this life. And in the afterlife, God is going to bless you because I am but, the I, I'm the one who speaks through God. But nobody questions that. But blind faith. But you know what? I understand that. I understand what you're saying. But right, that right there, the people believe that it just blows my mind. <laughs> it blows my mind because here's the thing. Let me see. Rick, if <laughs> the reason it blows your mind, you think about the places you've been, the right. things you've seen, and the people you've encountered. And I'll go back to Dr. Burden at uh, the NCCU in the geography department. The, once we were sitting down talking, and he told me, he said, Harris, he said, it's just like T.S. Eliot wrote. I shall never cease to explore, yet after all my explorations, I shall return to the very same place, but know it for the first time. You're able to discern those things, Greg, because of your exposure. I can bring you and take you, I could take you in New York, to probably a block 
where some of those individuals have not been out of their borough in their life. So based upon their level of exposure, they couldn't grasp that. I could take you to some rural towns here that you would think were still back in segregation, and they couldn't grasp what you were talking about. So it's not that the individual as a human being doesn't want to do better, doesn't have the desire to do better, but with that exposure, they, they aren't doing better. Wow. And you right. know, and, this, and this, this is the 21st century, guys. This in is some places. But you in know some, what? Ask James Byrd, was it the 21st century? <laughs> right. You're right. You're right. right. But but it, it, it's just, I, I, you know, maybe, I don't want to sound like, because I grew up. I grew up in a middle class neighborhood. You know, I was fortunate my dad was military and I, and I, you know, I couldn't wait to see the world or become somebody. And like my dad said to me, he said, son, I don't care where you go. I will always remember that he told me this at like eight years old. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care what your status is in life. Remember this. You're always your brother's keeper. And I never understood that until I got in college. I never understood that. And being my brother's keeper, reach one, teach one. Now, what I'm, what, what, what I'm like a little baffled by I got guys like you. You guys are highly educated. You, we live in different parts of the world, the different parts of the country. And, and I know each one of you guys reach, reach out and touch somebody every day. If you reach out, and, like I always like this, pay it forward. So if we're paying it forward, somebody's, some, there's a breakdown somewhere. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, like, I'm like, there's not just the four of us. We're just... I'm thinking we're not the only ones that For are like this. For every 100 that are paying it forward, you've got 30,000 that are taking it backwards. You've got Jay-Z on stage that's taking it backwards. You've got a Kanye on stage that's taking it backwards. You've got Greg, I'm, I'm someone out there in the forefront that right. is taking that it back. back. So the work that you do with that individual, you did it with Greg, it's not in vain with that individual, right. but cumulatively, you know, you're outnumbered. You remember Moses uh, when he wrote the books, always outnumbered, always outgunned. Right. Yeah, that's right. the situation. You, that's the situation as a black. Because you got to think when you're a black man talking about the things that we're talking about, you just don't, your adversaries are not just uh, white America that can't deal no, with it. Your with it's a lot of black America yeah, that can't yeah. deal with it or right. cope with it right. that you're having Absolutely. that conversation with. Absolutely. So and I just, you're outnumbered but, and outgunned. But my thing is. Let's just keep, take it back. Let's just keep it simple. Why not want to do better for yourself? You know, you see what I'm saying? You know, if, if I'm trying to show you how I've done it, I'm not trying to take anything from you. I'm trying to show you how you can better yourself and have a better quality of life. Why wouldn't one... Explain to me, why wouldn't one Messiah complex. Remember, Hoover wrote about the Messiah complex. If you start to have individuals that exemplify that type of behavior and other individuals uplift themselves, it threatens our way of life. Hence, you make sure that you have people working as crabs in a barrel. You don't think that you, like Rick Ross said, you can't plant a drug dealer out there. You don't think that they can't plant a story about somebody out there. By the time we finish this conversation, I'll be an international Coke dealer. McCray will be a (laughs) pimp. I know. No, you're right. 
Just and if, if need be, if this conversation chaos, were to be, if this conversation were to really have the impact that we're talking about it having, those right. are the types of things that you face. Those right. are the types of, you know, adversaries that you face. It's unrelenting. And that's why I say it's not just us pulling the pimps out of the church. It's not us pulling the false teachers out of the schools. It really is us saying to someone else, when I speak, and I'm trying to take us two steps ahead, but when you speak, you're taking us ten steps back. It's drop squad. You know, you've got to really, it's some N words that you have to take off the scene. You right. have to to get them out of there. Right. Absolutely. Right. That's a casualty of war. Absolutely. That's a casualty of war, I would say. But but what can you know i i always i look around i look around every day i'm a little bit i'm a, i'm blessed and i'm fortunate because i don't stop you know doing what i do and trying to reach out and teach one i you know the, my biggest thing is you know i have a great radio station i'm on tv now if i can get guys like you we could do this once or twice a week or you guys come to new york maybe then you you see what i'm saying we could have a greater effect. And you, you, you understand where I'm coming from, guys? Right. Yeah. Right, I understand. Uh-huh. I, you know? I, I'm with you. But my thing is, and I'm going to call a spade a spade, Greg, we, we black men, we, we, we're failing the younger generation because we're scared to go out there and grab them and say, look, man, pull your pants up. You don't have to disrespect the young man. You pull them to the side. There's right. a way. It's your approach. And a lot of people, they don't it, – it, they're afraid to do that. I, we don't, I well, we don't have a rite of passage any longer. Being from Africa, there was always an affirmation where a male went from boyhood into manhood. manhood. Now, right. just because manhood. of your chronological age, it deems you an adult. There's no affirmation from another male to yeah. say, I've had these experiences, these are the things that you should be doing at this time of your life. We right. used to do that. We used to have that. But now right. you do not. So you can't. There's a huge gap where you've got 40, 50-year-old teenagers or children or 70-year-old uh-huh. children. And, and, and when you talk about learning or knowing things, all of us, just from my dialogue here, and I, I'm a firm believer in this, I could care less about a degree or where somebody right. went to school because a lot right. of what I learned, I learned from individuals who had much less doctoral exposure than what they had life less. I'm so with you. I'm so so with you on that. And so with that, I want those individuals to be able to work work more so with me because they can tell me what has worked for them in life. It's wonderful to be a book scholar. It's great. It looks the letters behind your name, the academia, you get to be (laughs) in a sorority or fraternity, you get to go to this party for free. But at the end of the day, if you right. can't, if you don't know how to fix the air conditioner, if you don't know how to hit the jar on the bottom so you can turn the top, you're, mm-hmm. you're much, you're an educated fool. Right. That's Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you, and, and to piggyback on that, um, when when we speak about, you know, you, Greg, you asked a lot of why questions, and and right. and, I, and I understand why. No pun intended. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I, I'm, I'm kind of baffled myself, I mean, you know, with some of the things that I see go on. But what we have to understand is that we have to we, – we're fighting with an ideology. We're not fighting with something that's tangible, something that you can physically put your hand on and you can, you know, reach in and snatch it out of that person. 
We're right. fighting with ideology. We're fighting with concepts. We're fighting with people's thoughts, things that may not necessarily always be manifested on the surface, you know, right. but it's manifested through their behaviors. So this, the, the, to answer some of the why questions, this, the, the, this is the uphill battle that we fight, and the only way that we can get some traction in that matter is to basically try to do something to change the mindset. You know, there's so many images, there's so much coming at, especially our youth that in this day and age, they're contending right. with a whole lot more than what we're contending with. The advent of the television, which we did have right. back in the 60s, uh-huh. the right. it, was the advent, it was the advent the of internet. the television, yeah. Yeah. the Internet, telephone, and birth control. Right. Those four things changed life as we know it forever. Yep. Because birth control You're told a woman that she could be promiscuous. We didn't know about HIV and all that other stuff. It's all in mindset. You know, there's more access when, when we were coming up and they, they asked us to research something. We didn't have Google where we can get it right. instantly. We read, and that's what I emphasized. <laughs> we so went Encyclopedia Britannica. You know, and we got, that, we got our information that way. Right. right now, there's no filter because these kids can go to Google and they, don't, they can't discern between what's legitimate and what's not. They don't research. They don't go any further than that first answer. Right. So this is, these are ideological concepts that we're fighting against, and, you know, we have to start to teach them to understand things in a different manner than what they, right. than what they currently perceive because, again, it's coming hot and heavy. I mean, right. these kids got so much to contend with from the moment that they walk out their door to the, day that, to the moment that they return home, and we're not there 24 hours a day to filter that. Right, 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 right. One second, guys. One second. Stay with me. You're listening to G-Radio New York City, where you can find your classic soul and R&B music, the music for your soul. Tonight, we have an amazing show called Thinking Out Loud, and I have three amazing guests, Scotty Harris, James McCray, and Tarzi uh, Harrison. I hope I, sp- I hope I said your name right, T. Um, you guys, if you guys want to call in and uh, make a comment, please, be all means, make a comment at 347 347- Eight five zero eight eight two two. I've gotten a lot of emails on Facebook, and guys, you know, um, I want to say this. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna just tell you with some of the emails that I just received because these people are so cowardly that they wouldn't call in. Is <laughs> that you know the first thing these people are gonna say? Why is it always a black? Man? I'm not a racist. Yeah, right, 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 right. That's and, usually it. Yeah, right, right. I'm not a racist, and one one of the comments I'm reading, black, black, black. Why is everything got to be black? Because it's the origin of the it's the origin of the universe. Pure light is black. The best soil you use to grow things are black. And if you look in your genealogy, at some point before you became a derivative of me, it was black. Everything came from black. Right. White came from black. (laughs) That's right. Now, guys, let me ask you this. Single parent, three kids, no father in the home, works two jobs, can't make it to kids, PTA. What do you say to that parent? I see it all the time because I'm, I, I, I see it all the time. And we play, a, we play a role in that because the homes have been in situations where most most of the time for a black family home to survive or to maintain, both parents have to work if it is a two-parent home. If you're Absolutely. very fortunate and one of the parents does not have to work, 
that's awesome. But the majority of them require both parents to work. And a lot of the things that are scheduled may conflict with that person working. One of the other things that tears apart the home is, of course, the way that the social, the, the, we'll call it the welfare system, if you want to say it's for someone's welfare, but it yep. takes right. males out of the home. Yep. And then taking the male out of the home then forces the female to make sure that she lives at substandard poverty just to get a certain yes. amount of benefits to yep. have that home. And right. so that breaks up. If you were to allow a system, and I, I know that there's always the derailing and the, the fraud and any type of social program that you have, but right. that, I think, is something that has really hurt us for the most part because those males do need to see that man there in the right. home. And PTA, right. where they, and, and when you talk about a PTA, I've gone to plenty of them where there have been other fathers that are very vigilant fathers but because they work second shift or they have to work overtime to do this, to basically get the kid there, they can't be present. So then the image of what you see when you're out in public is, you know, well, there's another uh, black male abandoned or there's another woman with three children. We aren't aren't that people. Historically, if you look at the Protestants in Europe, now they are those types of people that have family structure and made it with each other. We were not. So mm-hmm. when you talk about how that system was set up for us and the portrayals, you know, and that, that of course is why John Amos left Good Times. The right. fact that you've got a story called Good Times set in the project, and no matter what you do, you will Amen. never get out of that system. Right, right, right. That's exactly right. And there more, exactly. Well, actually, there are more Caucasians on welfare than we are. That's a farce. If I was actually going to say that because if you look at overall in the United States and you look at the welfare system, the majority of the people that are on welfare, over 60%, are white people. And right. Absolutely. Appalachia, it wasn't Appalachia. designed for us. It was designed for them. But the media... You think they're going to design, design some money to, to come to your, your um, family? It was designed to tear you apart once you got into it. But the media because the male is not allowed in the home. If you let let a man be in the house when the social service, uh, services worker comes through there, guess what? That check's gonna stop. What? Let me ask you guys, what is truly the next move for us as a black people? Come together. Say it, man. I think, we, I think we're self-destruction. Right. <laughs> I think we're set to implode. They have set enough seeds within us that we can destroy ourselves. AIDS, for one, what we do with miseducation, for another. They don't have to do as much to destroy us. Like they're having, see, you see the people of Palestine, they're fighting against the group. They're not fighting each other. Right, you know, right. You see the pe- right. When you see the people in Brazil, they're fight- right. the, the impoverished Brazilians are fighting a war against the wealthy, lighter Brazilians. It's right. not that you see here. We are we are killing each other physically, right. mentally, in every aspect of what we Economically. do. We kill each other's morale. We take each right. other's property. We do everything that we can based upon the seeds that we've been given. That you know that pretty much have us set to implode. I right. don't see, like you said, when you talked about having a Martin, a Malcolm, a Marcus, individuals like that. You don't right. see the development of those types of any of, the, of those individuals any longer in our community. No. No, no, you, you, but no. You do see the, the development of new coons. Right, the, the right. struggle in and of itself is different at this point. 
the, the, what, what, what we're facing at this point is totally different than what was being faced, you know, in the, in, in the 60s and the 70s. Right. You know, you know the, the, circum, the, the social circumstances around that is what spawned organizations like the Black Panther Party for Self-Defense, MOVE, um, mm-hmm. Black Liberation Army, you know, yep. guys like Mal- Malcolm and guys like Martin. I mean, it, it, there, there was something that was within that era, and this goes back to what Brother McCray was saying earlier, was that we let it go. There was something right. that was in that era that was supposed to continue even after we lost Malcolm and Martin and, you know, some of these organizations got infiltrated. Oh All those guys, gone. Right. Yeah. Flipped. Yeah. But, you know, it, you know it's, fun, it's, 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 it's funny that I look around, and it, it's almost, it's not funny, but it's almost to a point, like it, it's like no hope. Like, we're, we're supposed to sit back and look to our children and our neighbor's children as our hope and our dream for the future. You know, and that's the key, Greg. Let me kick this quote from Brother Malcolm. This might break it down for us a little bit. Now, this is, of course, you know, X is one of my, one of my guys. White man is not inherently evil, but America's racist society influences him to act evilly. The society is produced and nourishes a psychology which brings out the lowest most base part of a human being. This comes from Malcolm back in, back in the 60s, so you, you know where, where he's going with that. Until right. we change the institution, again, the problem, this is where we're always going to face it. I well, don't know how we're going to change it. But we don't need know to how. change it. I, I don't know how we're going to You're talking amongst four men that obviously care and love about themselves and don't have a sense of self-hatred. There are a lot of individuals that don't love themselves. And that right. that's something that when we talk about who we are, you know, I'm, oh, I'm not African-American. If you think about any other culture here within America, if you have a neighbor, and this, this I have this with all my neighbors, I'm, I'll be up front. Most right. of the neighbors that I have in the area that I live are white. And in my relationships with them, if they were to talk, they are very proud to tell you, I'm an Italian-American, Irish-American. I'm a German-American. They have parades that are very celebratory of their history and their heritage. We, in turn, become ashamed of our history and heritage and allow it to be downplayed. We allow it to exist from the period of slavery forward, as opposed to being to slavery where our history seemed to end. And that's, you know, I'm I'm very adamant that... We're working as a people, and as we're working, what we again it goes back to what we're thinking about working ahead. It's hard for me to work with my brother who doesn't see. You know, Greg, you wake up in the morning, you think of every day. I see it on your post as a new opportunity to do something good, right. new opportunity Absolutely. to do something better. But right. so many people don't have that vision. So many people don't love themselves enough to do. And that's and that's you make a, you make a great point on that. And, and sorry, sorry about that, Greg. You make okay, a great ahead, point ahead. on that. And it's something something lit a fire in me about that last statement. And my question is, is, is this. How can we love a history that's been taught to us by a foreign entity and it doesn't completely show us how to embrace or, or it doesn't give us anything to, to, to be completely proud, proud about and be, and be willing to embrace is what I'm saying. Right. That, I mean, is, a, that is a fantastic question. There you go. We're talking slavery till now. 
nothing before, nothing pre-slave. I was, I didn't come here as a slave. I was enslaved once I got here. They brought the best of the best here. People don't understand that. And they people try to downplay the numbers that were brought to America. Nah, you had places like Haiti and other places that were what concentration camps. So don't come at me with this Holocaust stuff. That was a sad happening. But we lost over three hundred million in the transatlantic slave trade. Now, if we want to talk, let's let's talk. We lost a lot of people being shipped here, shipped there, and they were bringing what the professionals that uh, from Africa, geography, culture. These guys didn't even know how to plant corn or rice and, and these other crops. So that's why they were still in the. See, best that's of why the you best. remind you remi- if you having if you having that dialogue, McCray. And right. this is truly somebody that's your friend, and they right. come from a European background, and you're having that dialogue. You're able to open it up to let them know, you know, that here in America, here in New Zealand and in Australia, those were the dregs of European society. It wasn't the right. best. It was who right. they right. could go out. Right. And Guys, so, a, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, that, that's what I'm saying. If you, have that, if you have that rapport to be able to talk about that and to be able to say that so that they can then, because I, I do it quite often. I, you know, when someone I tells me, hey. I do it every you, single day. You know, hey, if, when you, if you, you're trying to demean my history, but I'm more than willing to teach you your history. Right. I'm willing to teach you. you right. I'm willing to teach you when you talk about a savage, someone right. that where plagues and filth, and ancestral behavior ran rapid through the streets. How long did it take you to learn how to So I just, I'm like you, like we all say, being if you're a student of history and you want to talk right. about just history, we can talk about those things. We can talk about how you marveled when you came to Africa. We can talk about how right. you fired cannons on the face of the Sphinx because it bore the face of a black man. And you couldn't possibly fathom how an individual that you deemed a savage could construct something so magnificent. And we right. do those same the They still have hidden over there in, in Great Britain. That they still, mm-hmm. uh, I guess they're supposed to be returning them. That's the thought of the day. Right. But well, we, you know, still, I you the know, we still allow the cannons to be put on the sphinxes that are us today. We have, you know, we do some wonderful things and we allow them to continue to be destroyed. And, I, and, and Greg, when you say a turning point, like, you know, we talk about Tyrone Davis. Right. A turning right. point, if you right. want a turning point, take the turning point of where you, like I keep saying, it can't be, I don't ever think it's going to come from the top down. I only right. think the change like that for us will happen from the bottom up. Because you have to take it from somebody right. that has nothing to lose. lose. You take a Barack and, Obama, he can barely speak up in Senate, barely speak up in Congress because he's right. afraid. Hell, you're in the second term now. I'd be going right. all balls I, up. I, I, be, I, I would do everything possible to bring in every change care. I could, kiss my ass. Yes, right. all along I got here to help black people, and I'm here to tell you I did it. We don't care if you never elect another black president, but what I'm getting ready to do right now, part of the term, is wreck shop. Yeah, and reparations is in full effect. Bang. You know, and then you really get to see everybody you thought that was a moderate person supporting you come out and you really get to see the real of the real. And, that's, I, I, and I, that's the thing that I hold my brother, and I say that to him because he's my brother and I right. love him, and right. I say that. I'm right. saying that to him as a brother, this is your time to stick your right. chest out for yep. people like my grandmother that, you know, went to the polls and voted for you. Yep. This is wow. your time to stick your chest that's out. 
for them brothers that fought to get over there to make it happen for you, for people that were collecting change for you. This is the time for you to stick your chest out for them because at this point you will not be reelected. You have nothing to lose. Absolutely. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely. Guys, you hold on one second. You're listening to G Radio New York City where you can find your classic soul and R&B music, the music for your soul. We have a great show, Thinking Out Loud. I have three fabulous, fabulous guests. I have Scotty Harris in Charlotte, North Carolina. I have James McRae in um, DMV, uh, D.C., Maryland, Virginia. And I have Tarisi Harrison in Atlanta. Guys, you, I can't even tell you how fabulous this is. I live on the Upper East Side, guys, where it's all Jewish. I am one of maybe four black people that live up here. And I'm always educating them. Every day. I don't know if you guys saw the other day I posted on my Facebook. I'm on the subway. This Jewish guy with a yarmulke on. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah, you know I saw it, G. With the Hugo Boss. With the Hugo yeah. Boss. Yeah. On. And I First said, of all, you should have smacked him. <laughs> no, no I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't hear that. Come, come, come again with that. I know, right? No, okay. Angry black man. I'm on the subway. Um... This guy, this, this guy gets on the subway with his son with a yarmulke on, and he has this bright yellow Hugo <laughs> Boss sweatshirt, T-shirt on. And I'm looking at him, and, I'm, and nobody's looking at him. I'm just shaking my head. I'm like, I got a suit on. I, I got on a Hugo Boss. Everything I have on is Hugo Boss. And I'm looking at this fool. I'm like, dude, do you understand anything about Hugo Boss? And I'm taking a picture of him. I'm like, guys, nobody's going to believe this. So I'm flipping <laughs> pictures of him. And I said, and I then I then I I didn't I didn't out him in front of everybody. I'm like, come here, let me talk to you for a minute, man. And I gave him, I schooled him about Hugo Boss, how he um, designed the uniforms for Hitler. For Hitler, absolutely. Yeah, and when I told him that, I took a picture. I don't know if you guys go back and look at the picture where he covered his face. Man, he had his head down. Yeah, yeah, he, and, and I said, and and and, and then I got kind of loud at it, and everybody's like, "What's wrong?" And then I said it outside, and everybody's just shaking their head. So I'm like, and then his son is like, "Dad, let's get off at the next stop. Let's get off at the next stop." So <laughs> I'm telling people, I'm gonna educate you whether you. This goes for my my Jewish, my black, my white. I'm gonna educate you. If you're gonna be ignorant, I'm gonna take you there. I'm gonna take you there without cause. And let me tell you, this guy was so shamed. That his tight the shirt the t shirt was so tight he couldn't even breathe anyway. <laughs> That's what I posted on. I said yes. Other than the t shirt being tight, he didn't know his history. And then my see, I have a coffee club. I've had this coffee club. I don't know for like fourteen years. And every time I'm in town, we're all these all these people we meet and we try to solve, and they're all Jewish. So when they saw that, they're all friends on my Facebook. When they saw that, I said, I said. I said they, they said, Greg, we got to meet. We got to talk about this. Why we got to talk about it? Let's talk about it now. Call me up. He goes, you embarrassed a friend of ours. Your friend should have better sense than to wear a damn Hugo Boss T-shirt that he knew that he should have done his homework. I said, don't have, Hey, please. He said, Would you have to call us out like that? Yes. Yes, I will call you out every time. And I don't care. I don't care. And, then, you know, I do that constantly. I tell, I tell people, I say, guys, look. I'm going to tell my black people, if I see something wrong, I saw these kids on the subway the other day. They must have been like 12 years old. And they were, and they were like, it's like three or four of them. Every other word was the N-word. 
All the white people got up and moved away, scared of them. I guess said, guys, I took off my belt. I said, say it again. Say it again. I will personally whip every one of your asses and send you home. And then all of a sudden, stop. Then stop. And black people, I'm like, this is what we need to do. We need, it takes a village to raise our kids again, guys. It does. It does. It does. We've moved away from that concept. And that concept was the concept that we had that, you know, we, 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 we were proud when we had that concept. We raised kids that were respectful. We raised right. kids that were, you know, better-rounded individuals. I mean, we had so much pride. I mean, and, and it, it, it's just it, what baffles me is that that was just the 60s and the 70s, which right. if, if you look at it, it was only about 40, 44 years ago, 45 years ago. Right. And so right. much has changed right. in that I mean, it's, we, we, we have no pride, and we don't, we don't we, we, you know, all the things that made us great in that era, we don't employ any of that at this point anymore. We don't. We don't. And it's sad. It's sad because even We do TV, employ it when it's, when it's an opportunity to capitalize off of it. Right. I that's think just, it's good. That's, that's, it's good that, right. you know, hey, it's time to talk about it if it's something we can capitalize off of. You but know. if if there the discussion can never and I and I do think that there are individuals you know and I go back to you know your Ozzy Davis Ozzy Davis was willing to risk whole career whole family and everything to fight for us and right. you have in, though in, you don't have individuals like that any longer because we are willing to take the check you're gonna yep. take the check if you <laughs> right. get the check right. okay fine I'll just hush my mouth you know and right. I, and I, I have a problem with that at times. Yeah, I, 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 I'm so with you. Guys, i got to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to G Radio in New York City, where you can find your classic soul. And R&B Music, uh, the music for your soul. And the show tonight is Thinking Out Loud. Don't go anywhere, guys. don't understand, do you? Hey, man, don't you realize in order for us to make this thing work, man, we've got to get rid of the pimps and the pushers and the prostitutes and then start all over again clean. Hey, look, nobody's pushing me anyway, okay? I mean, not you, not the cops, nobody, man. I mean, you want to get rid of the pushers, I'll help you. But don't send your people after me. John, can't you see that we can't get rid of one without getting rid of the other? we got to come down on both of them at the same time in order for this whole thing to work for the people. Hey, look, nobody's
find your classic soul and R&B music, the music for your soul. Uh, Tonight is our show called Thinking Out Loud. I have three amazing guests. I have Scotty Harris in Charlotte, North Carolina. I have James McRae in Maryland, the D.C., uh, Maryland, Virginia area. And I have Tahizi Harrison in Atlanta. Guys, the response has been not even what I remotely expected. I'm talking about the Texas the Facebook mails, the emails that I got to say this, gentlemen, this is the pilot of a series we're going to do from now on, okay? So now I have to go out. All of my sponsors, listen up. Now you guys got to put up or shut up. Now, guys, we're back. We're back. It's amazing that people are responding to our conversation. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> I'm not worth 
<laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> but it's good. You know what I think? Again, I, I, oftentimes you think about it. This conversation with dialogue that were happening on real time with Bill Maher, it would be more accepted than the fact that it's the individuals that we are presenting the information. And I, I, I agree you, with that. I got to tell you, I got to love. I got to tell you, people in New Zealand, thank you for listening. People in England, thank you for listening. People in Japan, thank you for listening. Um, I got so many people that's just saying, I'm just getting, I'm just like, I'm looking at my emails. I'm like, wow, listen, people in Canada, I'm sorry, guys. Forgot about you in Canada. Um, uh, uh, Scotland, thank you. <laughs> so everybody in the world is listening to us, guys. Um, yeah. Well, hopefully we can get people here to listen. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Excuse me, it's kind of hot in here. Well, um, don't forget Pookie in there. Yeah, Pookie, Ray, Ray, and the boys. Come yeah, on, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> guys. Um, my thing is, you know, we even growing up, I always said that, you know, I was like, instead of other cultures leave their kids something like a trust fund, I'm always a firm believer in leaving a legacy. We need to leave our kids a, le- a legacy. True. But until we until we learn how to stop, and I don't even know if that makes sense, I might need to rephrase this, but until we learn how to not assimilate and in- embrace our own culture for what it is and what it was, we're going to continue to go down that same road. Until I can stop trying to gain the acceptance of white America, and love me or where I came from and the things that my people went through to get me to where I am now, we're going to be running to brick walls all day, every day. So what you're saying, I guess we need to start loving ourselves. Well, actually, we need to start liking ourselves, then loving ourselves. Indeed. Exactly. Starts. I mean, we I have, have to, to, I have to... I have to like what I look at in the mirror every day. If I don't, that's a problem. That's a psychological issue that, 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 that compounds itself daily. Because self-hate can destroy, and it, go, it, it, it doesn't take long to do that. It can cripple a city if you let it spread. If you keep telling, and I, and I hate when I hear this, you're a pretty little black girl. What, what, what the hell is that? <laughs> right. You're beautiful. You're pretty. You leave the black girl out. She's right, a lady. Right. You're a beautiful, oh, you're a, you're a fine dark-skinned sister. No, nah, sister, you look good. I don't care if you're polka dot orange or white. You look good. Leave the color. We we emphasize the light, the dark, because of the brainwashing that we went through to try to assimilate and become what we're not. We're never going to have those uh, unless we have surgery, and I don't have the money, thin <laughs> noses and thin lips, you know, right. and the breast implants and all that other liposuction. You got to right. run. Sisters, right. you going to have that chunk, that uh, junk in the trunk. You got to work out. Right. You want right. to keep it tight. And, and, and for the ladies out there baking themselves, you don't have to bake yourself. A man going to love you for whoever you are. You know, white, light, bright, damn near white. If that's what you like, that's what you like. So right. I'm saying this to say this. Embrace your own culture. Embrace yourself. When you start doing that, you're definitely going to love yourself. Because I, when I look in the mirror every morning, I'm, I'm okay with what I see. I'm, I'm good. Right. That only happened once I opened my mind up. I used to hate, man, go to hell. Yeah. I, I went, tried to get the waves and all that stuff. I had one or two left, but, you know, that, that was the European <laughs> culture, you know, what I'm, I'm fighting every day. Oh, man, nappy hair. I didn't want to hear that. 
You know, if I would have been in the 60s, yeah, I would have had the fried and dyed look. I would have been looking like Malcolm was, you know, before he made the transition. But no, right. we don't want to hear that. And the sisters are making that turn. They're turning that corner now. I'm seeing more and more with the natural hair. They're letting the perms go, Absolutely. or the so-called perms. Yeah. And they're going back to Mother Nature. They're going back to the natural look. That's beautiful Absolutely. to me. And it's beautiful. It's definitely beautiful. I mean, I've, I've um, well, 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 Nat, you're on, um, you're one of the administrators on the, on, on one of the pages that we run together, which is uh, reinforcing positive Im- images. Yeah. And I mean, some of the things that we come across and some of the things that we post, I mean, it, it, it's amazing. And it, we, we have to learn to embrace. We have to get back to being able to um, understanding somewhat how we're in the position that we're in. You you, you got to come up with an understanding first. You got to know that we're in a predicament. Right. There's too many people out here that just don't know that we're in a predicament. And if you, you don't really, know that, you really we're think in so? You think you really think that you know, they don't know we're in a predicament? I mean, because you, you can I, it, see, you can see my mind. I'll tell you, Greg. It's funny you say that. That when <laughs> President and this, this this I kid you not a cat that he was in my motorcycle club. My same complexion. I'm a darker brother, bald head. And he looked over to me and he said, I just don't know. I can't see myself voting for Barack Obama because I think he's going to damage the tax. But wait, he's going to damage the tax bracket that I'm in now. And I looked over at him because I wanted to say that here's one of those instances you can fall the truck inward. <laughs> Do you remember when you you only two seasons out of a Mitsubishi Galat? You only two seasons out of being broken in an apartment. So when we talk about one thing that we as a one thing that we as a culture had, you know, back home in Africa where we came from, of course, was a griot, and a griot was someone that was able to preserve and keep the history from generation to generation. We don't do we don't do a, I will say we keep certain things, but we don't do a good job. When you talked about your initial question, which was what will we have as a legacy, again, I can almost guarantee you it will be the same three things that if you posted the Internet question about that, they can tell you who Michael Jordan is, who Michael Jackson is, you know, and probably who the new comedian Michael Blackson is. But if you were to ask those individuals about Charles Drew, if you were to ask those same individuals, about Mary McLeod Bethune, right. you would find that most George of them Washington were Carver. Yeah. yeah. Well, those, those, now he's the acceptable Negro that we're going to put out there as our token during Black History Month. Always remember, <laughs> we've got to have the 10 tokens. Seriously, I'm, I say that. No, you're true. right. No, I mean, no, not that I don't have the utmost respect for Dr. Carver's right. achievements, right. but we, right. have, we have what we're known as acceptable Negroes. Rosa Parks, for example acceptable right. to be used in the boycott, acceptable. Right. Not, the person, not the person that really, you know, forefronted it, but acceptable. Right. And so we have, to get, we have to get in a position to where we're able to say that we don't just applaud the efforts of somebody, and I'm going to use them again, like Michael Jordan, because I get a ton of, if you go through your Facebook feed, and nine times out of the day, you're going to see his name at least three times. LeBron yeah, thinks he's Michael right. Jordan. This right. person thinks he's Michael Jordan. Right. No one, you never hear anyone say, this person thinks he's W.B. Dubois. He's right. really wanting right. to have us think about what we're doing. And my legacy for all that I've done has been to preserve books, books, right. music, 
and more yeah. books. Because yep. with the books, they're trapped in time. There's copyright dates on books that I have, 1972, 1965, that right. give you exactly what would have been current at that time. Not written, as it were, in the millennium. Not a republication when it was more acceptable. But I, like Mac and I were talking about world history and civilizations of 1987, Africa, the dark continent. And right. if we want to have a legacy then we need to be proud to preserve that legacy. You can't be ashamed of, you know, when you hear about Juneteenth and somebody white, or you have a white friend that asks you, well, what's right. Juneteenth? Oh, right. it's not that important. You know, <laughs> oh, that's important. And we, we allow that. And the best example, we have an example of a, of, a, of a situation of being able to preserve a legacy, and it was with Dr. King and the King Holiday. And look at what the King Holiday has become. Party, for the most part. A, a, yep. a day off from work. If you want, And here's the best part about the psychological message sent with that. Right. Where King Holiday is an optional holiday, so if you want to go ahead and come to work on that day and take it off later, that'd be great. Yeah. Oh, so, oh, oh, so, and forget about what happened when they were trying to get it, get it on the record books. They forget about Arizona and the other states that were trying to um, refuse to even acknowledge it. So ultimately, right we're talking about right that legacy. Itself, they yeah, they, they, they just about, started to acknowledge uh, Martin Luther King's um, holiday. I mean, so we're not we're not that far removed from slavery, if you ask me. Yeah. yeah so how can like, say uh, you got a legacy when you can't even maintain a holiday that isn't even thirty day, thirty years it, old? Yep. That there blows my mind. And guys, don't get me wrong. You know, I it's just that. It's, 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 this is not rocket science. You know what I mean? No. This is not rocket science. And being, if I had to wake up again and be whoever I wanted to be, I would be me. I would be black. I love who I am. You see what I'm saying? And that's why I want people to know, love yourself. Like yourself right. first. Like yourself. Like who you are and embrace who you are. And I think that is where... It all starts. And like I see so, I mean, don't get me wrong, guys. I understand why they're angry black men. I understand that. I understand that. But we need to, we need to channel that into some positive making ourselves better, don't you think? The best way to defeat the enemy, if you consider it an enemy or an adversary, I think we were talking about it in a quote the other day, if you really want to change this, you have to learn what the what individuals that are oppressing you are using against you. I didn't realize when I was young. I definitely pro-black. I read everything, ate all. You know, I'm 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 a hundred percent into it. But I never realized that that stops me at the door from so many other programs because I don't know how to function in white America. And as I begin to learn the dynamic of how to function in white America, but retain who I was. I'm able to teach that to other men so that, hey, do you realize that when you walk through this door that if your hair is hanging down to your waist, even though you're proud of it, that, it, that you know, individuals feel threatened, you're setting yourself up for profiling, even though right. we all know racial profiling does not exist. But if you're a <laughs> black man with <laughs> a car, if you're a black man with these locks in a car, be prepared right. to be profiled right. as a criminal. Right. If that you're a black so man well with said. a tattoo across your face, be prepared right. to be profiled as a criminal. Right. 
That's so exactly those right. are all things that, you know, if you want to play, it's not checkers. It's fucking chess at this point. Right, right, right. right. So exactly. we had, we had a chess. It's, it's, now, it's now a point of whether or not where are the things that we're willing to give up as pawns in order for us to have the end game. Right, right, That's and there's a book that, that touches on that. France for now, we I had to read it at NCCU. One of my uh, renowned pr- professors uh, that was a required reading. So if you haven't read the book, I'm giving you a. Uh, I'm not gonna say it's an easy read, but it's a, it's a good book. It has a good good point. France for nine, black skin, white mask. Pick it up, read it. Um, Claudette Colvin, 15 years old, was before Rosa Parks. Nine months before her. So that those those are people that they don't put out there in the forefront. So she, Rosa wasn't the first one. That, she was tired. She, she sat down that day, but she wasn't the first. So let's keep that in perspective. Let me ask you guys this question. Martin, if Martin lived, what would happen? Where would you, where would you think we would be? Martin had a second agenda. I'm, I'm sorry for gump, jumping the gun. Guys. No, go ahead. Martin had another agenda. He wasn't all, you know, I think his uh, views changed like uh, Malcolm's did. He wasn't all about turning the other cheek. There was another agenda. Um, and I'm, I'm going to leave it out there. I'll let the guys, you know, throw in on that too. But he, okay. if you go back and do research on some of the things that Martin um, was talking about and talked about, there, that, that his only agenda wasn't just turning the other cheek, you know. So I'll leave that as it is. Um, yeah, but I don't think you would not – Martin Luther King Jr. was an acceptable Negro until he spoke out about the Vietnam conflict. And that's what he said about the Vietnam conflict. As you or I, or as I keep mentioning in this call, we're allowed so much playroom, if you want to call it, so much area to play. But if you were to start touching on those subjects that threaten those individuals, I mean, you've seen the enemy of the state, things of that nature. You've read the, you know, the Hoover programs. So you understand that when you start talking about at that time, you know, projects like the Vietnam conflict, and you're a black man speaking about this, it's a right. clip because you're an intelligent black man, and you have the ability to convey this message to a lot of individuals that would listen to you. Like right. you have, but we have Al Sharpton now, but we've, we're all in agreement. And I'll say this, his heart may be in it, but right. some of his methods, and I'll be honest with you, you know, for the longest, I believe his heart was in it but you couldn't take him serious because of his appearance. And That's then absolutely was, right. You're absolutely and right. Even with the, and even with the appearance, he was discredited so many times as we learned more and more and more about things that happened in his life. And with Martin Luther King, I don't, for, I don't see that as being any different. I think that it would be no different than a Jesse Jackson, where as much as we can bring out about you, more dirt we can throw up on you because you're threatening our way of life. And I, I, and again, I'm, 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 I'm having issues with this Al Sharpton thing, man. Because, I mean, I don't know. I think early on his heart might have been in it, and then he was turned. I mean, you know, how in the world I can't get over the CIA thing? I mean, you know, I, I can't do that. You're a double agent. You, you, you were probably personally responsible for a lot of those taps and other things that were following some of these leaders, and, and ultimately ended up to the, in their deaths. So I, I'm not too easy to forgive on that. So I'm, to a certain point, I agree with you on that, Scotty, but I don't know, man. Like I said, I Well, well my I thing know. is this, guys. I'm not, I've never, I'm going to be straight up with you. I've never been an Al Sharpton fan. Al knows it. I speak upon it 
at the end of my show every day, I tell my people in Harlem, um, Al Sharpton, uh, Charlie Wrangle, any of those any of those characters, if I would call them, that their best interest is not yours. Straight up, straight up. It's all about uh, grandstanding, self-serving, and, and getting paid. Straight up. It's well, that was pointed been. out. You know, they pointed, and I hate to say this, but I've been a fan of the Boondocks, but they pointed that out when the season <laughs> premiered on the Boondocks about a character that was similar, a likeness to or thereof Al Sharpton that yeah. was exploiting causes like that. And that was, you know, and, I, and, I, and I'm in full agreement with that because I think, like I go back to the thing of saying, that there are situations where there are opportunities, whether, whether it's Al Sharpton, whether it's Steve Harvey playing upon women, telling them exactly what they want to hear, saying it about relationships. Don't get me started. Well, I'm going to go. Whether, we got a few minutes. I'm going to talk Perry. about that too. Right, right. Yeah, whether right. it's Tyler Perry showing you these images, telling you, you know, as long as you believe in Jesus and jump up and down, this is how your life will be. You'll live in a mansion and you can do whatever you want to do. Praise Jesus. You know, and everyone, and then that becomes acceptable. And then, well, I'm friends with Oprah, so it's okay. That, right. Those types of things that we take as acceptable. And we use that. And I think that those, those four, again, I go back to your Isaac Davis, someone that says, no, I won't play that role. No, right. we won't. You know, you can't put us out there in that light. I'll go, back to, I'll go back to one of my favorite heroes who I said, James Baldwin went through pure hell. Right. You have to think, James Baldwin was tougher than Floyd Mayweather on any day. You yep. are a gay, black, intelligent man hey. in 1960, <laughs> racist <Yep>. America, speaking <laughs> out against ignorant bigots. You doggone right. right they don't want you at the march on Washington because right. unlike King, you bite your tongue. Unlike right. King, you've got more facts to bite to back up what you're saying. Unlike King, you have the language and you didn't do it through ministry. Right. So that right. is right. why every time I look at James Baldwin, I think this is the Negro you really wanted to fear. Because right. here Absolutely. is somebody that gives an adulterated blackness at its height. Right. And tells you, he shows you that when you sit there and you try to pacify us with a couple of leaders or you try to pacify us with a couple of athletes, he shows you there's enough grief energy in the whitest Negro in America to incinerate and burn this country to the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's another thing you guys touched on something. We got about, we got about five minutes. Steve Harvey, to me, is another cooning individual. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't Agreed. understand why black America, us black Americans, look to Steve Harvey as, oh, don't get me wrong, before anybody calls me or sends me any damn email, I applaud <laughs> this man that he is successful, but he is cooning. And I say he's cooning because Steve Harvey made a comment. He, he was using acumen. He was trying to use the word acumen, business acumen. And he was kept going on and on. And so I'm like, would someone tell this fool he's pronouncing it wrong? Now, this is a millionaire or a successful black man. And I'm sitting there going, are you kidding me? You, I mean, I, I posted something on my Facebook the other day about guys. You know what? Again, I applaud Steve Harvey because he is a successful black man. He's a successful man who happens to be black. But he's not our savior, get over it. Where does he get off giving advice 
about relationship. Where does he give off? Where does he get off by saying to people, "Well, God told me to tell you this." Really? And if you don't have God, you have nothing. Right? Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? You are you are this this bad dressing bammer from Chicago. Give me a break. (laughs) You know, I'm over it. Black people, get over it. I'm over Steve Harvey. He's not the savior. Yes, and I say it. You can send me email. You can call me. I don't give a damn. He is not the savior. Yes, not the answer. The answer is not there. No, no. The answer is not. The answer was not Kevin Smiley because it's not Roland Martin. I think these again. I think they are individuals that you know. I hate it that they have the ability to really address some things that are really important in the community. But and they don't. It's catered, and they it's, don't. No, not that they don't. It's catered to high-end, you know, it's right. more so right. of a trade show. Right. Who are the celebrities I can get to come to this? And then right. once they're here, we're yeah. not going to really delve into the serious issues. Let's just be kind of Oprah-esque about this and not right. really talk about That's that I, I remember sitting in Bob yeah. Johnson's office when he was – one, the owner of C, was CEO of Black Entertainment Television. I said to Bob Johnson, I said, in all due respect, Bob, all due respect, when you get BET on any cable network, you don't even have to pay for it. You're going to get it. So why do you need to give us idiot TV? Please explain that to me. How many boats do you need to ski behind? How many planes do you need? You know what he said to me? Get out of my office. Get out of my office. Get out of my office. I'm like, okay. I'm just saying, brother. I just want to know. Wow. Yeah? <laughs> wow. Now, I don't even know what to say. Gentlemen, I got about two minutes. Any last words? Hey, man, I'd like to start it off. Thank you. And yeah. the brothers, Scotty, Mr. Harrison. Man, I enjoyed it. We need, hey. we need to get a uh, conference room somewhere and either make that trip up to NYC and uh, – like I said, let me know so I can get to Jim Hard. I need to, you know, <laughs> make sure that 10 pounds didn't hit me hard. <laughs> you want to come in there with the Mandingo. Out of out of out of 25, 25, black male going 25. <laughs> well, I'm not a racist, though. Not a racist. <laughs> but, gentlemen, this is what I'm thinking. This was the pilot. Thinking out loud, it's going to become syndicate, I think. And we're going to sit down, and we're going to talk about this. Because we can't just stop here. I have a radio station, and I'm in TV. We need to keep this going. Hey, man, I'm with it all day, every day. All right, I got 90 seconds, gentlemen. Who wants to say the last couple words? Let our brother Harrison do it, since I think he didn't get opportunity to speak as much. Okay. Yeah, it was okay. I, I I definitely enjoyed. You know, I, I'm I'm a student just as much as I you know I try to teach. So you know I I enjoyed hearing, um, you guys speak and you know it was very knowledgeable and you know my my takeaway from this whole situation and from this whole uh, 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 segment is you know um, we got a lot of work to do, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and 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 you know again we're fighting an ideology and, and, and uh, excuse me an ideology that's um, so pervasive and you know um, the first things that we have to do in in, 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 in combating this ideology is education you know and 
if I have any last words to the people that's listening, you have to love yourself. You have to love yourself enough to challenge anything that invades the psyche, period. Amen. Great. Amen. This has been a great, great show. I will be in touch with all you brothers, and I thank you again. And everybody, this is G Radio, New York City, where you can find your classic R&B soul music. And tonight it was Thinking Out Loud with my guest, Tarheezy Harrison, uh, uh, Scotty Harris, and James McRae. Guys, I'm out of here. Remember this. Reach for the moon. If you miss, you are still among the stars. I'm out, guys. Peace. Take care, guys. All right. Pleasure.